0: This is Thursday, December 2nd. I'm Robert Walker, and this is the Honest Report podcast. We're very pleased to join Adam Hummel today. Adam Hummel is a lawyer specializing in immigration in the state's law in Toronto. He's an active member of Toronto's Jewish community, a member of the Jewish Diplomatic Corps of the World Jewish Congress, and he's also the vice chair of JIAS, the Jewish Immigrant Aid Services. We're going to be speaking with him. He actually just returned from Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, and he was there on a mission as part of the World Jewish Congress Jewish Diplomatic Corps. I uh, would love to hear all about this fascinating visit, uh, one that only a few short years ago would have seemed inconceivable. Adam, welcome. Thanks for having me. So, tell me, um, what uh, what work do you do? Uh, obviously, in a lay capacity, uh, with the World Jewish Congress uh, Jewish Diplomatic Corps.
1: So uh, the Jewish Diplomatic Corps is uh, the one of the key programs of the World Jewish Congress. Uh, it is a group of about three hundred and fifty um, young to older young uh, prof- uh, young professionals from around the world, um, uh, representing uh, countless Jewish communities around the world, who who undertake diplomatic activities on behalf of uh, either the international Jewish community or their individual Jewish communities. So. I've been involved um, with the group for about six years. Um, And in that capacity, uh, I've been privileged to take a few different trips to different places around the world, um, whether it's in uh, Argentina or Switzerland or um, Israel um, or Poland last year and now Dubai, um, or even uh, to New York for the General Assembly, for example, to um, have meetings with diplomats and to talk to them about concerns um, of the Jewish community, either in the countries that they represent Uh, or internationally. So it's a great group. um, And uh, it kind of has a very big uh, footprint um, on the map and um, enables us to to do really good work and to reach out to really interesting people. So
0: that obviously leads well into uh, that you just returned uh, from the United Arab Emirates. Uh, What um, what ostensibly officially uh, brought you there? I mean, obviously, as part of this mission, but what was really the mandate and the goal?
1: Yeah, so um, last year, as you know, um, uh, Israel and the United Arab Emirates um, and Bahrain uh, signed the Abraham Accords, uh, which was really a, a huge um, a breakthrough in diplomatic relations with Israel and the Arab world. Uh, it was the first peace agreement between Israel and an Arab countries be, uh, since uh, 1994 with uh, Jordan. Um, and it really laid the groundwork for um, for uh, for providing opportunities uh, not only for Jewish um, uh, not only for Israeli you know companies or or diplomacy or um, or or programs in the UAE, but also you know uh, programs from other Jewish organizations around the world to kind of get into the UAE and um, and try to work with them on different projects. Um, that was really the the framework. And when the Abraham Accords were announced last year, Um, the leaders at the World Jewish Congress really made it a priority to try to um, um, uh, capitalize on the opportunity and try to build some bridges uh, diplomatically. So um, obviously we weren't able to travel last year because of the pandemic, uh, but what they did is um, once the accords were announced, we set up uh, what's called uh, basically a leadership bridge, uh, which was an opportunity uh, to push for diplomatic uh, partnerships, I guess virtually over the last year or so, where we did a lot of um, sessions with diplomats, both in, in the U.S. Um, or in Israel or in the UAE, trying to understand uh, the framework of the Abraham Accords, how they came about, the potential that they could lead to, with the understanding that there would eventually, you know, be a trip um, to Dubai, um, and then then a couple of months ago, when the uh, when the um, you know in the circumstances of the pandemic seemed uh, to um, allow us to travel, uh, they announced that we would do this trip and it would sort of be the, um, the, uh, the end of, or uh, well, not the end, I guess, but the uh, culmination of all these efforts over the last year uh, to meet with a lot of the people we had been speaking to virtually um, and to uh, really see with our own eyes what's happening on the ground there.
0: So what were some of the things uh, that you saw and some of the people you spoke with
1: so, <laughs> firstly, the trip was really fascinating. Uh, there was a group of uh, 35 of us from 20 different countries, um, and we spent about a week um, on the ground there. Um, we were both in Abu Dhabi and in Dubai. We spent about half the time in Abu Dhabi, half in Dubai. Uh, two very different cities, actually, for a, for a small country. Um, so, when we were in Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi is the um, is the capital of the UAE, and so it's kind of like Ottawa, (laughs) Um, in that um, it's where all the government offices are, it's where the diplomats live. And so we had a a cool opportunity to meet with, um, to really turn it on there with um, the diplomats. So at the, you know, at the very beginning of the trip, actually, one of the highlights was very early on, was uh, we had an opportunity to meet with students from uh, what's called the um, Anwar Gargash Diplomatic Academy. And it's a group of 30 um, young Emiratis, Uh, men and women who are training to be kind of the future diplomats of the country. Uh, We had a dinner with them the first night of the trip, and we had a a, a lunch session with them the second day, and we got to meet with them and and kind of get their perspective on not only the Abraham Accords, but how they see their place uh, in the region, how they view uh, their relationship with Israel and the Jewish community, and um, really try to to establish some good relationships with them uh, to move forward with. We also, when we were in Abu Dhabi, we got to see a little bit about what the country was doing uh, in terms of uh, some renewable energy. Um, uh, We visited, um, you know, the the, uh, sovereign wealth fund or the uh, investment company um, and uh, got to see how, you know, economically they're doing and what their outlook is. um, And uh, met with, um, um, we also met with the uh, Canadian ambassador, uh, Marcy Grossman, uh, who's, really an incredible um, representative of both Canada and the Jewish community uh, in the UAE. Um, That was sort of Abu Dhabi. And then when we were in Dubai, uh, we got an opportunity to meet with um, people um, more uh, related to either the tech uh, industry or cultural industries. Um, And uh, we also got a great opportunity to go see uh, the World Expo, uh, which is taking place this year in, in Dubai. And and see, you know, among the other highlights there, uh, the big one was uh, to see the um, Israeli Expo, uh, which was there, you know, for the first time, which was really uh, amazing. Um, So really, we had, you know, we had a lot of time there and we got to see um, uh, really a a very wide variety of of individuals. Uh, Sorry, this is a bit lengthy answer, but we also actually uh, met with the new um, ambassador uh, of Israel uh, to the UAE. Uh, who was fascinating, and um, and then at the end of the trip, we got to spend some time uh, with the local Jewish community as well.
0: So tell us, I mean, you, you touched or you touched on the the Abraham Accords. You mentioned that um, you know, obviously, that's just over, uh, I guess, fifteen months old. Um, but certainly, the perception I think that um, that uh, that w- many of us have, which is that uh, Emirates have um, a very positive view of Israel and the Jewish people more broadly. But surely, Adam, that didn't just come out of uh, out of nowhere fifteen months ago. That must have been germinating for some time.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I I can't uh, pinpoint exactly when it started to happen, but it's 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 very obvious once you arrive there. I mean, um, now that the Abraham Accords are um, reality, um, and it's very clear that um, there's um, you know there's a widespread. Um, uh, acceptance and um, and and love—I I really felt like love for Israel and the Jewish community. Um, but I think, yeah, I think there there's been a Jewish presence there for some time, with uh, with industry and business and tech and some security coordination as well. Um, I guess it was it was a, a bit under the radar, uh, you know, quote unquote. But um, it was there, and I think it was building up for a long time. I think Emiratis themselves are really, you know, it's a really fascinating country, and I think they're they're naturally like a very accepting and Um, um, and tolerant uh, people, Uh, and I say that sort of compared to some of the other Arab countries in the region. I think one of the reasons for that is because Dubai, it is traditionally, I mean, it's not an old country, it's only, it's celebrating its 50th anniversary this week, Um, but it is traditionally a port city, and so, and it's a place that's sort of a hub, so people from all over the world, uh, from different cultures and backgrounds and religions have always been comfortable there, and they've always been made to feel comfortable there. And so I think that's where a little bit of this um, comes from. The other thing is that Dubai is not, um, you know, unlike let's say Egypt or, or Jordan or Syria or Lebanon, they're not um, you know, historical enemies of Israel um, and you know, in Jewish history in that way. And so there's a bit of a different you know, origin story between uh, relations between them and the Jewish community. And that's clear uh, from, I guess, from the past and also from the way that they've embraced uh, the Abraham Accords.
0: Right. So would it be fair, I guess, to say that, uh, at least in the perception of some of the people you talked to, that the Abraham Accords, perhaps, at least as far as the UAE is concerned, sort of more recognized in existing reality? Would that
1: be more fair? I think so. I think um, that that maybe. And again, I'm not an expert on the way that they came about. But um, I think that the way I understand it is when the Abraham Accords were announced last year, it wasn't particularly surprising that it was happening with Israel and the UAE. I think it was it was it was certainly a risk uh, that the the government of the UAE was taking uh, to, to take uh, such a warm approach to Israel, obviously, just in terms of their own geopolitics. But I think it was an, a natural move. Um, and I think that, again, with hindsight being what it is, it was such a natural and obvious move for these two countries to get closer together, because of what um, they can really offer each other.
0: Right, right. Now, it's interesting because sort of the the news media has for a long time really described, or much of the news media, I should say, has subscribed or at least repeated a very uh, oft repeated uh, message of linkage, uh, which is basically that peace in the Middle East is not going to come uh, until there's really a a comprehensive peace between Israel and the Palestinians. But I think what we've seen is, you know, not just with the UAE, but uh, with Bahrain and with Sudan and with Morocco as well. Is that it seems that a lot of Arab and, in fact, non-Arab Islamic states are saying, "Listen, Palestinian Authority, you have to sort of get with the program because we're not going to hold off on working with Israel, uh, you know, for all eternity."
1: Yeah, and 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 I I I agree with that, and I think it's I think it really you know at a time when it's very easy to feel pessimistic about how things are panning out, I think it's looking to the Abraham Accords as a as an example of. You know, a positive development and it's something that's very again very real um it shows that there is a there is an element of pragmatism in the region now whether you know some people will point to the fact that you know perhaps these accords have to do with geopolitics or um you know aligning the the nations of the middle east um with against iran things like that but at the same time like there there may be a geopolitical edge to it but whatever it is that gets um, the parties you know into you know quote unquote into bed together um it's, it's, it's for a good thing and I think it's you know you know with, with respect to you know the Palestinian issue, you know we saw in 1977, 78, 79 with the Egyptian uh, peace accords there was a there was a an attempt by you know, by Anwar Sadat to, to force the uh, you know some kind of a resolution of the Palestinian issue on those peace accords as well. you know there were they were the you know Menachem Begin and Anwar Sadat were, were, were bold enough to move forward knowing that there may not have been an opportunity then for movement with the Palestinian issue. And I think now, you know, not being held back by the, the, the Israel-Palestinian conflict and showing that there's a broader opportunity for movement within the region towards peace um, is, you know, it, it can only lead you to to a- applaud the, the, the involved parties.
0: So what are your perceptions then, uh, coming back from this week, um, that, how would you rate, you know, the the sort of the news media's depiction of not just UAE but more appropriately, really the the Emirates' uh, relationship to uh, to Israel? I mean, would you say it's 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 very one because often it's described as being somewhat of a one dimensional, you know, sort of petro state? Um, but um, is there more depth? I mean, surely there's there's more depth to that that's perhaps not being uh, articulated in the news media.
1: Yeah, I, I, I. It's funny when I was there. Um, at one point, one of the one of the officials was speaking, and to me, I think it was when we were meeting with the young diplomats. And to me, I said, um, I, I suddenly realized that to me, like the best uh, way to uh, for, for me to 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 describe uh, Dubai uh, or the UAE was um, like Wakanda <laughs> from the Avengers movies, this this small state um, that doesn't have that has enormous wealth. Um, whose people are particularly happy, that does not have um, a big um, uh, diaspora community at all, um, but has a lot to offer. Um, and and I think that, like I said before, I think that there's um, I think there's a little bit of aptness to the uh, to that analogy, and I think that there's <coughs> excuse me, I think there's a lot that can be uh, shared, like I said, between Israel and the UAE. I think there's I think there's a misconception um, that um, that, that the Emirates is just a, an ATM I think that's wrong um, you know there's there's um, a lot that they can offer um, in terms of um, vision uh, for what the region can look like and what growth can look like and what a long-term um, goal can look like. Um, I think they have they have technological know-how, they have security know-how and I think that Israel has the same and in that sense they're able to offer a lot back and forth to each other so if the media is portraying this as a relationship that's a one-sided thing, I, I, don't, think that's, I don't think that's particularly fair. I think that there is, um, it, it is very much like um, 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 some, it, it, the UAE may have taken a bigger risk in entering into these accords just because of uh, the way that the Arab world may view um, a peace agreement with Israel. But um, I think that there's um, huge benefit to both sides and to both people, um, not just their leaders um, in embracing this. Right now, as you said, I mean, there, there's some cynicism.
0: It may not be cynicism, um, but there's, uh, let's say, perhaps a cynical view, which says, well, you know, yes, there's uh, there's uh, on, on the UAE's part, there's uh, economic benefit, technological benefit, diplomatic benefit, but really they're being sort of uh, bullied into this or used uh, as, uh, as a bulwark against Iran. I mean, you met with uh, aspiring young diplomats. These are smart, very connected, uh, very sort of uh, um, street smart, if you will, people. What was their perception of this? Did they think that uh, there was a larger that the UAE was somehow being you know manipulated into uh, being part of this uh, bulwark against Iran?
1: No, uh, that was not the sense that I got at all. I think that um, I, again, I think the people of the Emirates are, are the, the Emiratis themselves are, are particularly proud um, and they should be of where they where they come and the, like the, the vision that they have for the future. I think that they are, um, as the young diplomats. I think that they're they're very much um, aware of the role that their country that they play within their country and the role that they can play within their country. It is still, you know, it is still um, um, in essence a kingdom, right, with a with a sheikh and um, and with um, you know people who are um, you know who are who have you know these wonderful lives within this country. Um, but I don't think they. But I think that they have. Seen the way that they have been embraced by um, the west of the rest of the world, including Israel and the Jewish world, since these accords came out, and I think that they understand their place, and I think they understand what they can what they can provide, what they can um, contribute, and I think they appreciate you know the give and take as well. And I don't mean to sound like overly utopian here or or uh, idealistic, but the truth is is that the Abraham Accords are they're still very young. Uh, you know, fifteen months have passed, but it's also been fifteen months of a pandemic where. Things have moved rather slowly on this front. And I think, you know, what we can see is an, an interest from the UAE to, to, to open itself up to Israel, to invest in Israel, Israeli technology and Israeli society. Israelis themselves are incredibly curious about the UAE. I mean, during a pandemic, I think, you know, uh, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of Israelis have already traveled there. And you know, literally while walking around Dubai, you basically can hear Hebrew spoken everywhere now. Um, and so there's it's really interesting. And I think it's it just kind of being there showed the, the reality of the situation. And I think that the um, there 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 will be a, a time to be to perhaps be cynical and there will be a time to be um, a little bit more um, um, critical, perhaps of what they're doing and what is to come. Um, as with any foreign policy. But I think right now, what, what, what both sides have done is open the doors to, um, to potential. And I think that, again, if the, if the underlying cause or the ulterior motive is you know, geopolitical for Israel in terms of cornering Iran or, um, or you know, the UAE looking um, to curry favor with the Americans um, by, by doing this with Israel, then so be it. But it's it still led to something that's, uh, that's like tachlis, uh real.
0: Well, it's a fascinating, uh, sounds like a fascinating uh, trip, Adam, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Looking forward to hearing more of your, uh, your work with the uh, uh, WJC and the uh, Di- Jewish Diplomatic Corps. And uh, uh, if you'll go uh, again or to other far-flung places, perhaps to Bahrain next time, perhaps you'll join us again.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the conversation.
0: Thanks again, Adam. And that's today's edition of the Honest Report podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our alerts, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review. And if you like what you heard, please consider donation to support our continued efforts. You can do so at honestreporting.ca slash donate. And until next time, thank you so much for listening.